Hello. I don't even know it. I didn't write this part down. <laughs> Hello, this is Amy Rivers, and I'm here with my best friend, Sasha Chambers, for an Eating After Midnight special. Today is August 23rd, and we're celebrating what would have been River Phoenix's 50th birthday. River Jude Phoenix was an actor, musician, activist, and to me, a heartthrob. He began his acting career at age 10, and whilst technically he was a child actor, he had the chops, the instincts, and the emotional depth of a seasoned professional. His roles were as complex as he was, from a misunderstood delinquent that broke our hearts and stand by me, to his Oscar-nominated performance as the son of fugitives that dreams of going to Juilliard in Running on Empty, to his rascally turn as young Indiana Jones, to his brave performance as a gay hustler searching for his place in the world in my own private Idaho. River Phoenix possessed the charm, charisma, sensitivity, and absolute fearlessness required for stardom and demanded of an artist. On a personal level, I don't know because I never met him, but it is said that he was a kind man, empathetic to a fault, willing to go the distance for his beliefs, uncomfortable with fame, and that he suffered from demons and deep loneliness. River Phoenix died on Halloween, 1993. He was only 23 years old. When talking about his death, people don't tend to remark on how young he was, but rather on what an awesome, precious, irreplaceable talent the world lost. Well done. Well <laughs> done, Amy. You. So this is a special on River Phoenix. This is his 50th wow. birthday. Wow. wow. That's so wild. That's wild. What's wild is he was only about 10 years younger than us. Uh, older than us. Older. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, I know that's super crazy to think, which which made him kind of like a semi attainable heartthrob. It wasn't something ridiculous, you know, or skeevy. It wasn't like being 12 and being obsessed with Sean Connery. That was a little gross. (laughs) Well, I told you, I like earnestly thought that I was going to grow up and marry River Phoenix. Like not not a joke. Like I earnestly believed that that was a possibility for my life. I don't see why it wouldn't have been, Amy. <laughs> so, Sasha, uh, did you know this about you and me? That one of the reasons that I knew you and I were going to be friends is because one of the first times I went over to your house, uh, you had a heart-shaped box with River Phoenix's face on it. It looked like it was handmade. It had little rhinestones around it. Was. it. Yes. And I immediately knew that you would be my friend. Yes. Because of that. I remember you tripping on that box. Absolutely. Yes. And you know when that box was made? When? Halloween 1993. Oh, no dice, really? Yeah. Yeah. That was that was my, my shrine offering to River Phoenix. I got to do a nice, beautiful tribute, Sasha. But you get to tell me now, do you remember when and why you first fell in love with River Phoenix? I'm sure I fell in love with him immediately. He was just, so I just like in preparation for this and for the eventual review, just watched the explorers and was like, wow, 
River Phoenix, they they were trying to pimp him as a sex symbol, even like at the tender age of like 10 or 11 years old. Absolutely. You know, I mean, just one of the things that I didn't mention is that he was beautiful. And I mean, oh, God, he, he, yeah, he was like, like a, he was a smoldering, like, a smoldering angel. Like he didn't seem like a teenager, like there was a wisdom behind his eyes. And I don't think that I'm, I, I think that just because I was in love with him as a child, I like even now when I'm looking at it, like he has more depth than, you know, Russell Crowe. You know Absol- what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Russell Crowe don't have a scratch on this dude. Um, it was the dude who plays Wolverine. That dude doesn't have like a scratch of what <laughs> this dude has. Right. Like, right. You know I mean, he definitely had something beyond that. And his beauty, like there is no equal in my opinion. No, just no, no one has touched him since there has been no real comparison. I think people maybe tried to say that like Leonardo DiCaprio came in as like a river Phoenix replacement. And like, I'm not going to say that Leonardo DiCaprio is, is not a good actor or anything like that, but he does not have the same ethereal, mysterious, touched from heaven sense of intuition as an actor that river phoenix had as a 12 year old boy okay so even just watching him in the explorers the way he was able to embody a a stuffy old man as a child with all believability with all believability was just amazing to me and then in stand by me every there is no slouch right there's no cast member in that in that film which is a slouch he was that film well i told like, you the story right they weren't sure stand by me was going to make it you know they they didn't have a lot of faith in it until they did a screening at one of the producers houses and his two teenage daughters watched it and they were immediately in love with river phoenix but not just in love like obsessed, obsessed. immediately obsessed with him to the point where they were like oh yeah we're going to release this film. It is an odd thing that they just make it bankable on some young boys, good looks or young girls. It's, it's Hollywood is a skeevy, gross place. It's a very skeevy, skeevy, gross gross place. And, and they were so much more unchecked even still in the nineties. So God only knows in the eighties, excuse me. Um, So God only knows what, how far that envelope got pushed. Yeah. with him what led to him having such crippling sense of loneliness because he was in a very twisted fucking industry from very early on in his life well, and even before that yeah yeah and even yeah and even before that and that also too was a thing about him that made him relatable to me a child of the west coast that grew up in this kind of fringe hippie family i knew a lot of these kids like kids that grew up in an other kind of way um i grew up in an other kind of way i had a lot of kid friends that grew up in that other kind of way and so did have that sense of separation and distance from other kids when we when it came to going to school or interacting in in groups group settings where it was like no i just wasn't i wasn't raised this way i'm not from a nuclear household i might be nine but i've already seen some shit you know that's alienating and then when you take someone who grew up in that way that's meant to be super free, right? His name's fucking River, right? My middle name is Sunshine. Like you're supposed to, you're supposed to be really free, but that 
that sense of freedom in the way that you're raised can really feel like a prison when you feel so alienated from other kids who grow up in that quote unquote normal way. And then you take that person and then put them in an industry that makes them even more separated from the world and then under a spotlight. And they're already so innately sensitive, in tune, and in just innately different that they could be in that position at all that they could have that kind of access to their emotions and that kind of perspective on humanity at such a young age and be able to relay that and translate that in a performance consistently. He's not a normal person. So I guess it's, it's not, it's not super weird. It's not super weird that he should have had addiction issues. It's so difficult, right? In some ways, a lot of these things created the artist and created those sensitivities and that understanding of the world that he was able to uh, bring to life uh, in his work, uh, in his art. But at the same time, those are the things that haunted him. I think I fell in love, but I, I think Stand By Me is the first one I remember. And like I told you, right. I used to imagine that I was the female, um, who the one female that was allowed to, in the group. And I would like dream the whole scenario. What if I was in the movie and like as the girl and then me and Chris Chambers would fall in love. And that was like yeah. a subplot of, yeah. of um, Stand By Me. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. thinking that he and I were destined to be together because his character had the same last name as mine. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Truth, Sasha. Truth. Mm. Yeah. That, that I would have for days. I would have dreamed about that if I was you. For days. <laughs> I've been like, his last name is Chambers in this movie, and my last name is Chambers. I, I would have been geeked out yeah. if that yeah. was me. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you did already mention some of his movies, Sasha, but what, mm -hmm. you know, now you get to just run free in, in his whole oeuvre of work. What are some of your favorite uh, River Phoenix movies and maybe maybe one that wasn't so sharp? <laughs> River Phoenix is an actor who, like, I... I, I would watch him read the phone book. Any film that he was in that was not great would be forgiven by his presence for me. Like A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Can I tell you though, I remember saying like, oh mom, I want to go see this movie because River Phoenix is in it. Yeah. So her ass just blindly dropped me off to, at the movie theater or I think she, yeah. who knows if she saw it with me. But did she know that it was just about this young teenager who goes around and has sex with like I don't know I think he has sex with what five six girls in the movie yeah right and um and I just remember like my mom just kind of like turning a little pink and just not realizing that she had like brought her daughter her her 10 year old daughter to see the night yeah. in the life of Jimmy yeah Jordan. to mental um, to mental fantasy porn other than the fact that like he gets to have a bunch of sex and I get to imagine like River Phoenix having a bunch of sex. What if I was her? What if I was her? What if I was her? Like that, you know, that would be that was that's really all I remember of that film. So I can't say that that was a great film. Whereas Stand By Me yeah. has cut into my psychic consciousness so deeply. And then, of course, my other movie that I'm obsessed with that he's in is My Own Private Idaho. When the trailer for that hit. Okay, when the trailer for that hit, I was like, I'm sorry, what? River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves are going to be in a film together. S hold my calls. <laughs> hold my calls. Okay, like, opening night, please. Not only was, was, was I there, 
opening opening weekend. But I remember going with a friend and it was not a degree shy of maybe 105. Okay. It was, it was one of those insane balls, hot ass Indian summers. And she lived way up in the fucking hills of Encino. Okay. Like way up in the hills. And we walked in that fucking blistering heat from her house all the way to the fucking movie theater to go see my own private Idaho where we were super nervous that they weren't going to let us in because it was rated R, right? Isn't it rated R? Or was it NC-17? Was that like when they just started doing NC-17? Yeah, well, but we were had... certain they weren't going to let us in. Yeah, you've got to remember that was one of the first like... like indie yeah indie films and and it had racy content that that now doesn't seem racy but at the time it was groundbreaking it was super groundbreaking groundbreaking. yeah and so we walked I think it was at the Lemley it was at whatever art house I know exactly it's the Lemley you know five it's yeah it's where you went (laughs) I know okay you're like but it was a long ass it was miles like we walked like hours we walked (laughs) for hours to get to this thing and did we understand that film of course we did not of course we did not understand that film but that didn't mean that i didn't know that i was watching river phoenix tear that screen apart because while i couldn't understand the deeper context of that movie i knew that i was watching someone's soul laid bare for me every breath they took every word they spoke was pure raw honesty the campfire scene when he is declaring his undying love and he is basically in this squat around the campfire and in this in this squat but it's also fetal the way he's like his whole body is turned in on itself he's so vulnerable and doing anything he can do to protect himself while he exposes himself like he's just a raw nerve yeah he had vulnerability before before vulnerability was the magic word of right acting and and becoming a star and all that stuff and now if you go to an acting class you know vulnerability it's a strength and all that in the 80s i think it was still about being cool you know especially as a teenage actor yeah river phoenix brought vulnerability to the table and no one asked him to he just brought it and it was in, like... in fact in fact in your in your intro of this describing him as a gay hustler um looking for his place in the world he wasn't actually meant to be gay oh yeah like yeah, they yeah. were trying to keep that you know because they both both he, he and keanu reeves character had female counterparts in the film right and so they were trying to keep it ambiguous as though they were just gay for pay but when it came down to the campfire scene, he was very much like, no, I'm making this choice. He, I'm making the choice that he is gay and that he is in love and he is going to, he wrote that scene and was like, no, I, this needs to be stronger. This needs to be bolder and I'm going to do it. He's a fucking genius. You know, it's funny. I have a hard time watching River Phoenix movies because they do make me sad. I personally loved him in the mosquito coast which is one that Mm. isn't talked about that much Mm. and that one actually i've watched not too long ago and that's the one where he's of course like the son of harrison ford who is kind of like this mad scientist who takes his like young family away 
to the jungles of, um, I want to say it's the Amazon, but I could be wrong. His father's kind of crazy, Harrison Ford, in a, in a very different role where his father's kind of crazy. And he's just kind of trying to survive and become a man and take care of his, you know, mother and sisters and, and, and you know, coming of age story. It's brilliant. And it kind of, like, every time I've seen it, because you know his, of his past, you, it's kind of was like, wow, like, maybe it was, like, too close to the bone. Um, but it's a brilliant, he's brilliant in it. Actually, you know what he Great said film. was, I, I did read one thing where he said the one that was really, really hard for him and super close to the bone was Stand By Me. And he said that if he didn't have his family to go home and talk to, this is like, the, how old was he when he's filming this? 14? I mean, this is nuts yeah. for a 14, that if he didn't have his family to go and check in with and make sure that he wasn't actually Chris Chambers, that he would have lost his mind doing Stand By Me, essentially. What? Drama. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then I have to tell you, though, like him as young Indiana Jones, because oh, God, I don't know stop. if you you've told me that I've told you this, like my perfect man is Indiana Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. adventure. Absolutely. But like smart, has a, adventure smart, has a as a day job, yeah. as a as a professor. Knows how to use a whip. Oh, well, Sasha. <laughs> Sorry. It right. It's low hanging fruit, Ooh. man. It's just low hanging fruit. Well, so like there's me i'm in love with indiana jones he's like the the perfect man and now guess who's cast oh yeah young indiana jones i mean i was in oh, yeah. heaven i was in absolute I, heaven i i remember seeing the trailer for that and flat out letting out a whoop in the theater you're like Woo-hoo! <laughs> yes oh yeah i mean i think it's the best 15 oh minutes. yes the, the, that movie's brilliant and the first 15 minutes are the best part because you know oh he and he because he that's the thing he was able to do movie star it's like oh you want me to be a movie star yeah i'll do it watch this and it was right. like i mean it's so good and he and he's in that little uniform <laughs> you know i love a uniform my weird thing about mormons one of his last films was called a thing called love mm-hmm. where he was like a country yeah uh, singer and it's a romance so because you you don't have he necessarily wasn't like the romantic lead in everything, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we fell in love uh-huh. with him head over heels, and it wasn't like he was always playing, you know, romance. Your comparison earlier with with uh, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio became famous what doing Titanic with that romantic yeah. lead. Like, well, no, no, no. He was no Romeo and Juliet is what blew his ass up. Well, I mean, he was already big, but that's what that's what just yeah. took him to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, another romantic lead. I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio would have had a career if River Phoenix hadn't died. Yes. Honestly, and, I feel and, like most of those films would have gone to River Phoenix. Well, they said this, right? They said that right. James Dean, right? If if James Dean hadn't died, Paul Newman would have never become right. famous because like the five films James Dean was going to be in afterwards, Paul Newman took over. And it makes sense. Like, you know, he, yeah. he was absolutely gorgeous. He was a fine actor, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Then again, was he James Dean? He didn't have the, he didn't have the demons that James Dean maybe right. carried with him. I mean, I still wouldn't kick young Paul Newman out of bed. But, no, you know. no, I love Paul Why Newman. am I such a dirty old woman? Why am I, why have I become this lady? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So, so now we're going to have to turn. How did you feel when you found out that River Phoenix had died? Oh, just despondent. 
just absolutely despondent. I don't remember what the weather was like, but I know that the whole world felt gray. It was. And gray. I remember the way it was, was, it was, wasn't yeah. it? it was gray. And it was, yeah. Cause it was, yeah. And I remember going to school and I remember going to school and just seeing a girl that we were in high school with. We were not supposed to name names, but anyway, that red haired girl that I hung <laughs> out with a bunch in the first, the first year of high school. And she was just still like, like blister eyed crying. And I had spent really? the evening. Yeah. Yeah. And I had like, like just been like, what the fuck, you know? And yeah, we were just sad. I just remember being just so sad the whole day. I, I remember it was gray because I remember actually taking a walk. And this is a big thing, people. We grew up in Los Angeles. You did not take walks. I was so distraught when I found out that I went and I took a walk. And I remember, like, I know it sounds drama for your mama kids, but he meant a lot to me. I was an ugly kid. Movies were my mm -hmm. escape. I, you know, I mean, I, I was a little overweight. I was awkward. I was super mm -hmm. nerdy. Movies were my escape. And the love of my life in the movies was right. Phoenix. And when he died, I felt like a part of my childhood yeah. died and a part mm -hmm. of my future died. Future like died. Yes, absolutely. Like hope. A part of your hope, hope. A part of your fantasy. All of it. Yes. A part of Fantasia fantasy. broke the fuck off. Fantasy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of the first times I felt all those emotions of being heartbroken, of grief, of, of um, losing a bit of your, of your innocence. Because, of course, he didn't die in a car accident. He died of drug overdose. And um, which, you know, at the time there were, we had the D.A.R.E. program and there was all these things about drugs. And it was before I had experimented with drugs or anything. So drugs was still like the big, bad unknown to me. So that the fact that drugs had, was the reason he died, it just it just shattered. It shattered my my ideals. Last part, Sash. Do people remember River Phoenix? I don't know. I feel like only our generation is going to remember him because his films were the slower moving ones of the 80s. I don't know. It's not like The Princess Bride. They aren't films that like parents would feel compelled to show their kids today. I don't know if kids today or younger people today have seen Stand By Me. They definitely haven't seen The Explorers, um, <laughs> you know, um, and certainly not my own private Idaho would be fucking tame in terms of a taboo film by today's standards. So even though all of the, the comments on every single link that I could find for my own private Idaho was rife with, you know, I wish river was still here and they just don't make them like that anymore. I feel like they were all people our age or older because I just don't think anyone younger would really have been exposed. What I said before, you know, he was our James Dean, you know, James Dean for his credit, was in three films before he died, right? And then, like, little girls in Asia killed themselves. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> like, that, that shit happened, right? And really, when you think about him and what he meant and all these things that we're saying, like, he was iconic. He was, like, James Dean, Marilyn Monroe, Charlie Chaplin. Like, he can sit in that room. He can sit in that room with those people. But you do not go down to Hollywood Boulevard 
and buy right. a mug with his face on it. You do not. Go I know when you sent me that shirt, you sent me a River Phoenix shirt as a gift, which of course, you know, I still have. Um, and um, I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, a River Phoenix shirt. It's fucking amazing. It's- you know, to add a little bit of comedy to this, like the reason I could not keep that shirt was because when I put it on, my breasts made him look like <laughs> look like Tom York. He had like two big ass <laughs> bumps on his head and all of a sudden he was not hot. And I realized that like for I would have needed an extra extra large oh my god um, not a baby tea. Like uh, so I, I had to give it to you, my love. No oh my god. No, no, that's all right. Yeah. This the no. I mean, this is this kind of came up with the red dress. Amy's got boobs. I don't. <laughs> anyway, it's a so, fact of our friendship. Yeah. Okay. The thing <laughs> like, is, like, like you know, so so we haven't commercialized his death, and I think that that is actually very cool. I think mm-hmm. he would have wanted that. I don't think River Phoenix, as much as as a as a errant T-shirt sold on on a website somewhere that I tracked down exists i think he would be very upset if he went down to hollywood boulevard and you found like an ashtray with his face on it oh my god if he had just been like commodified to no end yeah Yeah. if he had not passed when he did and had made it to the point of tmz degree of insanity where celebrity is concerned i feel like he would have hung up his hat Moved to co- moved down to Costa Rica, and we would have never seen him again because he'd been like, "Fuck this noise is a bunch of bullshit. I want nothing to do with it." But you know what I feel like? I feel like he was a class act. I don't think he could have stopped being creative. I think he would have. Oh no, just I don't think so either. Things. I think he and, would have just I like think... recessed, like re- re- like become a recluse and not done as many films and stayed the fuck yeah, away from. Hollywood. I think he would have had like a ranch somewhere in like Mm. you know he did um, he had one in costa rica that he bought when he was like 18 or 19 right he was like fuck this place already yeah i think he would have done that i think he would have been like what's his name you know the guy who every time he does a movie he's retired again james earl jones is not him but he's got three names daniel day lewis (laughs) (laughs) i don't think he will be forgotten i really don't i think that he'll be rediscovered again and again by people i really do i hope so his brother who who was originally leaf phoenix that became joaquin phoenix that became academy award-winning joaquin phoenix when he won he made a tribute to his brother a he talked about uh, being a vegetarian yeah and then yeah, joaquin phoenix is on my radar because he's like a mega vegan so like i'm really into that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and so was river phoenix and then let's see i'm so sorry i'm just looking for it Oh, when he was 17, my brother wrote this lyric. He said, run to the rescue with love and peace will follow. Mm. I think that he does have a legacy. I don't think maybe you'll, you know, you'll ever go down to Hollywood Boulevard and buy a calendar with River Phoenix's face on it. But I think you will have people they'll study film and, and, and stand by me is going to come up as like the quintessential, uh, you know, coming of age film, my own private Idaho, that's going to come up as one of the first independent films that, you know, broke barriers and his performance, uh, you know, he was Oscar nominated. So I think, I think there are going to be those moments where he's going to pop up and there's going to be people, but it's going to be a special set of people and they're going to be awesome. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Do you have any last thoughts? Run to the rescue with love and peace will follow.
I mean, that's like, what, what else can you say past that? What else can you say other than if you are listening to this right now and you have not seen any of these films that we have mentioned, if you are not familiar with River Phoenix, yeah. please go and treat yourself to one of the best actors of our time who will likely never be matched. We are surrounded with fluff, temporary, add water stars right now. And he was a fucking supernova that burned out far too soon. So go and get your shine on and watch some River Phoenix. Did your ass just say that? I did. From the hip, bro. I <laughs> think that's gorgeous. I couldn't have said it better. I love you lots. I love River Phoenix lots. Happy birthday, River Phoenix. Happy birthday, River Phoenix. You'd have been a beautiful 50. So thank you all so very, very much for listening to this Eating After Midnight special. A quick thank you to my big brother, Aaron Elvis Rivers, for supplying us with our new moody intro music. If you liked what you've heard, please pop on over to iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on and leave us a review. You'd also make our day if you could follow us on Instagram at Eating After Midnight Podcast. And if you've got the time, DM us with any questions, comments, complaints, or requests for future reviews. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, run to the rescue with love and peace will follow.